Chapter 1 Dash it, Kenley, it's two in the morning and you're in no condition to make a night of it. Let's go on home. You're wrong, my friend. Home is precisely where I'm in no condition to be. Much too sober. One more club ought to do the trick. The two gentlemen were standing on the empty pavement outside Brooks's, one of London's exclusive men's clubs. The shorter of the two looked up and down St James's Street, where a few sporadic street lamps lit the way. You've already sampled the brandy of every respectable place. Where would you like to continue the exercise? Why, an unrespectable one, of course. You're the London expert, though, Perry. The complete town buck. You lead on. There's Haslip's a few blocks away, Perry answered, knowing it was hopeless to protest further. Shall I call for my carriage? For two blocks, Gads, man, stop fussing. Since when did you turn into a nursemaid, anyway? Since you forgot to duck, damn you, Chase. You've been wounded, near drowned, jailed in a French warship's brig till you almost died from the gunshot in your brain box, and now, and now I am going to enjoy myself, firmly declared Captain Kenley Chase, late of His Majesty's warship Invicta, which was presently lying at the bottom of the sea. I'll grant you I am not ready for total debauchery, he said, gesturing to his forehead where the dim light barely showed the edges of the black eye-patch he wore. Women seem to prefer dueling scars, you know. But some heady wine, heavy wages, and good fellowship are just what I needed, especially tonight. Perry cleared his throat, choking on the concern he'd almost displayed, obviously unwelcome to his companion, and contrary to his own habitual Corinthian attitude of weary boredom. The two men had been friends since Eton, though, no matter how far apart their paths had wandered, and the emotion was there. Perry disguised it with a reminder that Chase had visited Haslip's on his last leave, nearly two years ago. The place ain't whites, of course, but the wine isn't watered, and the dice aren't weighted, and, well, I'll stand by to carry you into the carriage for the ride home. The captain put his arm around the smaller man and chuckled. You and how many footmen, Bantling? He squeezed Perry's shoulder in silent appreciation as the two men walked down the nearly deserted street. Chase's slightly rolling gait, legs spread as if to maintain balance, was what one could expect from a man used to manoeuvring on a pitching deck. Almost fifteen years at sea had left at least that mark on him. Otherwise, the two comrades could have been any ordinary Regency gentleman, slightly on the go, out for an evening's amusement. It wasn't till they reached the lamp's glow in Haslip's entryway that the real differences showed between Kenley Chase and his friend Perry Adler. Nay, between the naval veteran and most other gentlemen in the top ranks of London society. Perry handed over his greatcoat, with ten capes at least, his gloves, his ornamental walking stick and high hat, distributing smiles and gratuities alike with easy charm. His dress was totally a la mode from his black coat and waist to gleaming white starched cravat, to the one precise fob chain dangling at his somewhat stocky waist. He had thinning blonde hair attempting a brutus cut, and a rounded face that kept him still boyish looking at thirty-two, especially when he smiled, which he did now at Haslip's effusive greeting. "'Welcome, welcome, Mr. Adler, we've missed you. How are you on this fine night? It's always a pleasure to see you young gentlemen here. Not like some who don't know their limits, eh, eh?' The proprietor glanced worriedly at the back of Mr. Adler's large, dark-haired companion, 
now struggling to extricate himself from his greatcoat. Not another foxed, belligerent knob, Hazlitt prayed to himself. At least not the new chandelier, please, Lord. Ah, he sighed in relief, recognising the man who finally turned his way. Why, it's Captain Chase, isn't it? What a happy surprise. Sir, may I tell you how honoured we are to have you visit Hazlips, And what a fine pleasure, yes, pleasure indeed, to see you back from the war alive, and we, we, welcome, Captain. Chase inclined his head the barest fraction in acknowledgement. He'd got rid of his greatcoat, which was serviceable, no capes, and handed over his gloves. He had no hat, no cane, and no smile for the bumbling toad-eater. What he had was his dress uniform, adorned with gold braid and hanging loosely on his tall frame everywhere but at his broad shoulders. He had dark curly hair, not combed into a windswept or anything purposeful, 